Well, how many of you are glad you stuck it out to the end of camp, huh? I think, I think you should text everyone that you know that's not here right now and say, you missed the best thing right there. Thank you for sharing. What a blessing it has been to be a part of uh, this team, and I'm thankful for the privilege of uh, having my first chance to speak at uh, Psycho Camp Meeting. Thank you for inviting me for your hospitality, and um, what a privilege it's been to be a part of this team. And I have learned through the years, I've been preaching in camp meetings for about 25 years, um, but when you got a team that loves and cares and supports and prays for one another, the Lord has, a, has an unusual ability to work, and I, we've sensed his presence here uh, this week, and I have enjoyed being a part of this team. I, uh, God is just so good, isn't he? And uh, someone said to me not too long ago, they said, uh, why, why do you do so many camp meetings? And I said, I really do it for myself because a lot of times when you preach revivals or in, in conferences, you're the speaker. But I have been so blessed this week with Bible teaching, by, uh, by the music, by Steve's preaching. And it's just a time to, to fill up. It's to, someone said today, it's to fill up the tank. And so uh, what, a, what a blessing it has been to be here. And so thank you. I ask that you continue to pray for me and my ministry and uh, the other team as they continue to, to go on and to minister. And we'll continue to pray for Psycho Camp Meeting. If you have your Bibles, I want to conclude uh, my time together with you. Looking at Acts chapter 8, we're going to pick up the reading at verse 9 and then read down through verse 24. As we, as we focus on a subject that is really, really, I think, one of the greatest needs, not only in Christian circles and holiness circles, but just the church today, uh, there's so much about the person of the Holy Spirit that we don't understand. In fact, one of the most... Uh, obvious things. I hear people refer to the Spirit as it. The Holy Spirit's not an it, amen? He is a person, a third person of the Trinity. And I, I want just to spend just a few moments tonight talking about this person of the Trinity who has so greatly impacted my life. And let's talk about what we can learn about him this evening that might change the, the course of our going home and our, our direction once we get home and the impact we have on those that we'll come in contact with. Acts chapter 8, beginning of verse 9. There was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was something or someone great, to whom they all gave heed and the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorcery or his magic arts for a long time. But when, he, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he had baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had not fallen upon any of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that the, through the laying on the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me his power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Let's pray. Father, I ask, Lord, you've been so faithful to us these days of camp meeting. Your presence has been with us. We have sensed your presence in these days. Lord, we have seen your power at work. We've seen you do mighty things. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that, Lord, one more time, you would come and visit us in this holy tabernacle. And, Lord, tonight, as we honor the third person of the Trinity and as we talk about the Holy Spirit tonight, I pray that he would come in his fullness and in his power tonight. And Lord, I pray that we would begin to understand who the Holy Spirit is and how he desires to work in our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Acts chapter 8, verse 18 that I read for you in our text together tonight. When Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit the phrase I want to look at tonight, that the Holy Spirit was given. And the first thing he did was he pulled out some money and thought he could purchase or buy the gift that had been given to those who had been laid hands on, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We noticed several things tonight about Simon in this passage of Scripture. We noticed that Simon witnessed the coming of the Holy Spirit. We witnessed firsthand his belief, his faith, in the gospel, how he himself came to believe as Philip had began to preach and began to share the message of the gospel. He had witnessed that, and the Bible said he had become, he himself had become a believer. But he also, when the, those from Jerusalem came, Peter and John, and they came and they laid hands on him, he witnessed firsthand something he had never heard about. He had never heard about the person of the Holy Spirit. He had never seen it. He's a new follower. He's a new believer. And he's amazed at the power of God that has just fallen on these who have just received the Holy Spirit. Second thing we notice about Simon was that he was amazed by the fact that the Holy Spirit was given. Not only that he saw these things that were outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but that he was amazed by the fact that the Holy Spirit was given to these new followers of Christ when Peter and John came from Jerusalem and prayed over them. Now notice the third thing that we notice about Simon. He did not comprehend how the Holy Spirit was given. He could see the power of the Holy Spirit. He could recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. He could see that God was at work in his day. He, he could see that it, the Spirit was given, but he could not comprehend how. He could not understand what was taking place. He couldn't understand how it was given. So immediately he pulls out his visa, and he pulls out and sees if he could purchase the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, before we come down too hard tonight on Simon for his misunderstanding 
of how the Holy Spirit is given, let's give them a little bit of a break because there's many of us here tonight who don't fully understand the work of the Holy Spirit either. We have heard about the Spirit this week. We've seen the Spirit changing lives. But there's a lot of things we don't understand about the Holy Spirit and how He is poured out and how He is given to followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. How He works in ministry. How He changes lives. How He transforms. Part of the problem that I think takes place for us in understanding the work of the Holy Spirit is there's a lot of confusion about what happens when He comes. What happens when He is given. There are some, maybe some here tonight, that, that come from circles, which I would believe a lot in the holiness movement would, would emphasize the Spirit's work, and when the Holy Spirit is given, the purity that comes when the Holy Spirit comes and fill our lives, and that would be true. There are others tonight that wouldn't stress the purity of the Holy Spirit, but would stress the power of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, He will come in power. And they talk about power encounters, how the Holy Spirit came and worked in power, and they saw the visible evidence of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There are others tonight that wouldn't stress the purity or the power, but they'd stress the peace that comes when the Holy Spirit is in our midst. Have you ever been in the presence of God and where His Spirit is pouring out, there's an, an overwhelming sense of the peace and the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit that's at work. Some others would recognize the preparation that, that He gives to us to do the work of ministry, just like the disciples. Jesus said, don't wait until you've been due with power upon high. Don't, don't go out and try to do this alone. And so they waited in Jerusalem until the power came to prepare them. And there are some that fall into these different camps. But can I ask a question tonight? Why are we picking one of the above? Isn't it possible that we could say tonight, E, the answer is E, all the above? That when the Spirit comes, He brings purity and He brings power and He brings peace and there's a preparation that he brings for the work of ministry? Well, I certainly believe so. See, the one thing I want to highlight to us for tonight as we look at Acts chapter 8 is that Simon saw the wow of the Holy Spirit, but he couldn't comprehend the how. He could see the wow of the Holy Spirit. He could see the evidences of the Spirit-filled life, but he could not understand, so he he gets called out by these disciples because he couldn't comprehend the how the Spirit was given. Someone once said this, if you have the Word without the Spirit, you'll dry up. If you have the Spirit without the Word, word you'll blow up. But if you have the Word and the Spirit, you'll grow up. And I like that, don't you? <laughs> if you have the Word without the Spirit, then it's just a lot of people going through just dry, academic kind of knowledge of the of the Christian life, but bring the Holy Spirit, uh, bring Him into the scene of our lives and our understanding of Scripture because all of Scripture is inspired by God. When we begin to let the Spirit of God work in our lives, then we have a new understanding and a new comprehension of what God wants to speak to us and how God wants to reveal Himself to us. So if you have a piece of paper tonight, in just the next few moments, I'd like to walk you through how the Holy Spirit is given. Because you may be here tonight and you've heard about the Holy Spirit, you recognize, you know some theology, you know that the Holy Spirit is real and He's the third person of the Trinity, but you've seen the wow, but you don't know the how either. And maybe tonight, as we close this great 152nd camp meeting at Psyker camp meeting, you'd like to know personally 
how the Holy Spirit is given. Number one, I'd suggest to you tonight, biblically, these are all biblical answers tonight that we find in Scripture of how the Holy Spirit is given. I would suggest to you, number one, tonight, that the Holy Spirit is given, number one, to those who repent. The Holy Spirit is given to those who repent. In Acts chapter 8, verse 13, Simon also becomes a believer. I don't know where he stood. I don't know how uh, sincere his belief was. But all of a sudden, he witnesses the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and verse 22 tells us something rather unusual. The disciples say to, to Simon, because he wants to purchase the gift of the Holy Spirit, they say, Simon, your heart is not right with God, and you must repent of your sin. So I don't know when that happened. All I know is it says he believed. He believed in the message of the gospel, and at some point later he begins to covet the things of the Spirit and begins to want that, and they call him out and say, listen, you've got to repent. There's sin, there's bitterness in your heart. In order for the Holy Spirit to fill a vessel, we must repent of our sins. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John. But he who comes after me is mightier than I am, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and with fire. Understand, before the Holy Spirit can come, we have to repent. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is a Holy Spirit. And He cannot be the Holy Spirit and live and dwell in the presence of unrighteousness and unholiness and sin. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, as Peter's addressing the crowd after Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit, they waited for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And everyone is witnessing the evidence signs of the Spirit of God that's at work in their lives. And they begin to say the same thing. Wow. Wow, look what the Holy Spirit is doing. And they begin to ask questions. What should we do? What should we do? You know what Peter says? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them in answer to the wow question, and how? Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just say, line up the spirits at work, the spirits at moving in our day. He says, you've got to repent. Let me say this. There may be some of you here tonight, years ago, you put your faith and trust in Christ, and you became a believer, but sin has crept into your heart. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's, it's some other hidden sin that you have, and maybe there's something lodged deep down in with your heart, and you're asking yourself, how do you get the Holy Spirit tonight? How can I see the Holy Spirit working in and through my life again? Let me tell you something simple. Number one, repent. Repent. Number two, the Holy Spirit, number one, is given to those who repent. Number two, he's given to those who ask. The Holy Spirit, quite simply, is given to those who ask. Now, Simon had the right idea in Acts chapter 8, verse 18. And when Simon, Scripture says, saw that through the laying on the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, and he asked them, can I buy this? Now, the first part of his statement is, is, is accurate. To ask, how can I receive the Holy Spirit? That's not a bad question. But to think that you can manipulate and purchase this gift 
without doing the proper legwork and the proper homework of preparing your heart for the Holy Spirit to come. We are, the Bible says, the temple of the Holy Spirit. God comes and he dwells and he wants to come and to fill our lives. Jesus wants to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. And if we repent, he'll come in great power and he'll forgive us of all unrighteous. He'll cleanse us, as the scripture says, of all unrighteousness if we confess our sins. But we must ask the Holy Spirit to come. Now, some of you tonight have, have never encountered the, the freshness and the power of the Holy Spirit because you've been waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and just hit you like someone smacked you out of the blue. And, and what you don't realize tonight is that it, the Holy Spirit comes simply to those who ask them. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13, it says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly Father, listen to this, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? To those who ask him. You see, receiving the Holy Spirit tonight is quite simple. It's a matter of cleaning the vessel, asking God to come and to forgive us, to repent of our sin. The Holy Spirit is given to those who repent, but he's also given to those who ask him. Every time I get up to preach, I ask the Holy Spirit to fill me. I ask the Holy Spirit as I'm praying what God would have me to speak tonight. Lord, I ask. I don't demand. I don't manipulate. I don't say, wow, this sermon worked in another time in another place, and surely God will use it again tonight. Lord, what do you want to say to me and through me to these people tonight? Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, I keep on asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you his spirit. May God give you the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, so that you may know him better. Why don't we know him better? If we've repented of our sins and prayed, it's because we've not asked for the Holy Spirit to come and to enlighten us to translate for us. One of the things that the Bible says when the heat of the spirit of truth comes, he will, he will bring to your understanding, he'll translate the things of God in a ways that we can understand if we'll just ask him. How many times you pick up your Bible if you're going to do your daily devotions and you pick up the Bible and you just read through to read through a passage of scripture and you don't take the time to say, Lord, I confess my sin. I, I want to have a clean heart as I come before your scriptures. And Lord, will you speak to me through your Holy Spirit? Would your Spirit reveal to me your truth tonight? You see, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is given to those who repent. He's given to those who ask him. Number three, the Holy Spirit is given to those who wait. Who wait. Now, this is a hard one. Some of you tonight, you've, you've, you've been led through a sinner's prayer. You know what that is, to confess your sins. You can imagine what it's like to ask God for something. We ask God for all kinds of things. It may be tonight that you've just never asked the Lord to send his spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. But here comes the hard part. Because the spirit involves waiting. It involves waiting. See, a lot of us want to drive through kind of experience. Amen. We want to kind of pull in, get behind the microphone, and say, here's what I like tonight. 
Here's what I want. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to be working in my life. I want to be filled with the presence of God. I want God to transform my life. I want to go back a different person than I've ever been before. And, and if I can have that in, in the next 30 seconds as I pull around to the second window. Some of you also think in that drive through window we can pull out, and if we honor God and do something for him, he'll honor us with his presence and with his power. This is where I think Simon missed it. He didn't want to wait. He wanted the wow now, and he wasn't worth willing to wait. That's also the problem in our spiritual lives as well. We don't take the time to wait on the Holy Spirit, and that's why when we begin to sense God speaking to us, when we begin to sense the leading of Christ and the leading of the Holy Spirit, we just rush to go do whatever he's asked us to do. Do you realize today that so much of the ministries in the life of our church, if the Holy Spirit didn't show up, they'd still go on? you realize that? Someone asked me several years ago, a haunting question, still haunts me today. What are you doing in your life right now that the Holy Spirit wasn't involved would fail? And at the time, I didn't have an answer for them. Because I was working in my gifts and my abilities and relying on the gifts that God had maybe given me rather than waiting on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and doing what he asked us to do. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is given to those who wait. Remember Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5? And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. And while he said to them, you have heard from me, for truly John baptized with water, but now you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What was the key? Waiting. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How did the power come? Because they waited in the upper room. Acts 2, 1 to 4, and the day of Pentecost came. They were all together, and they were all filled. Why? Because they didn't move. They waited for God's presence and the Spirit to come and to fill them. In Luke 24, verse 39, it says this, Terry, wait, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Terry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power Upon high. Can you imagine these original disciples saying, you know, we've been with Jesus, we've seen him do the miracles, we've seen how he's laid hands on people, and you know what? We think we can just do what we've seen him do, and it'll be fine. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, don't leave the city until, wait until you've received the power. And they were all together, they were all waiting. And the Spirit came, and the Bible says they were all filled. I was leading a, helping to lead a team to Kenya, Africa several years ago, a medical team uh, with the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. And uh, we had gone to the Ma Maasai village, and it was very unique. You know, they, they have machetes, and they have uh, runguts, these, these, these little weapons that they have that they can throw at and kill a lion. They can... It's a sign and a symbol of leadership when a young boy is growing into be a man and, and he gets one of these runguts and, and, uh, and so I was with this group and they were having to have a presentation and they said, when we're done, uh, we're gonna, we, have a little, we have a little gift shop here and that's handmade stuff from all the people here in the Maasai village. And, 
And uh, I was standing next to this, this doctor's wife, and she was kind of impatient, and she wanted the souvenir now. And he, she kept saying, she kept nudging her husband, go, go get me one of those uh, machetes. I want to take it back to my kids. I want to go take it. I want it now. And so she was just very impatient. And so and he said, well, honey, he said, they're, they're, they're going to open the, books, the, 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 the gift shop here in a little bit. Well, you, well, I'll be able to buy you one from the, from the Maasai village. She said, no, no. And she saw one guy over there who had a, a, a sword. She said, go offer him some money for his right now. And so kind of trying to keep his wife happy, he gives, her, gives this guy some money. He gives the machete to him, and he comes back. We get on the van, and she hands it to me. She's so proud of this machete that she got. And she says, what do you think of that? And she hands it to me, and I look at it, and it says, made in China. <laughs> It was the one he was using to work around the village. It wasn't one of the ones that they had made. And because she wouldn't wait for the gift shop to open, she got a cheap imitation that wasn't the real thing. And so many of us have that same experience because we won't wait on the Holy Spirit. Number four, the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey him. Back to Luke 24, verse 49, what happens if they don't wait? What happens if they don't obey the commandment of Jesus to wait? You know what happens? They go, and the Spirit comes, and they miss him. All because they wouldn't wait. All because they wouldn't obey. It's been my experience through the years since I've encountered the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit has freedom to do more when there's a spirit of obedience in a room. The Spirit can do more when there's a spirit of obedience. I've been in places where the Holy Spirit is waiting on one person to respond in obedience. And because they don't, we don't witness the power and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because someone's waiting, God's ready to move, and he's speaking to one heart and says, you be the first one to go down to nine. And because they're not obedient, Others don't come and don't follow, and the service closes, and we often miss out on what the Spirit's leading us to do because we're not obedient. There have been times in my life, and this is something I've learned, uh, you know, if you're a traveling evangelist, you, you can get a package of, of sermons together, and you just, every time you preach it, it gets better, right? <laughs> but you know what I've learned? That the Holy Spirit doesn't work through my best sermons, the best of birth. That's not what he works through. There have been times... Even this week, there have been many times this week that the night before that I was going to speak, God, God and you know, I thought to myself, you know, Lord, I'll do this at the next camp I'm at. I'm going to do this in the revival I'm going to be at in Alabama next week, and give me some time to work on that. Nope. I need you to do this. You see, when we're obedient, the Holy Spirit comes and it begins to work. The Holy Spirit begins to throw, flow through obedience. John 14, verse 15 and 21 says, If you love me, you obey what I command you. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you. The Spirit of truth. Verse 20, on that day you will realize that I am the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them. He's talking about the Holy Spirit being poured out. How does the Holy Spirit begin to work? When we, in simple obedience, act and follow him. First John chapter 3, verse 24, those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them. The Holy Spirit has freedom to work in them. Number five, the Holy Spirit is given to those who have faith, who have faith. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, and verse 5, verse 14, Paul writes, This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law 
or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you're now being made perfect in the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by works of the flesh? What blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. How do we receive? How do we... How do, is the how answer is not only by repenting and asking and waiting and obeying, but by believing in faith. Acts chapter 6, verse 5, Stephen was a man full of faith. And what else does it say about him? Full of the Holy Spirit. They go together. What about Barnabas? Acts chapter 11, verse 24, Barnabas was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Acts 15, 9, he made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. Let me tell you a little bit about my testimony. I had heard and read a lot about the Holy Spirit, and I've read about power encounters, and I've heard about these people who did all kinds of things when they, when they got asked to be prayed with, and some, it was a visible evidence of the Spirit-filled life. And, and so I kept praying, Lord, would you fill me? I kept asking the Lord, Lord, would you cleanse me? Would you come and to fill me with your spirit? And I waited and I waited. And, and I, you know what? I got up from praying when I prayed to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me. And you know what I felt? Nothing. I was like, well, maybe it didn't happen. But I had asked the Lord. I would repented. I asked the Lord to fill me. I asked him to come, and I was waiting. And then I began to act in obedience to the Spirit of God. And I began to sense his presence the more I began to walk and keep in step with his spirit. And when you walk and keep in step with the spirit of God, you'll begin to sense the power of God like you've never sensed it before. I was preaching at Taylor County Camp Meeting a few years ago, and I was talking about this concept of sharing my testimony about how the Holy Spirit came in my life and how I initially didn't feel anything, but then as I walked by faith and I kept in step with the spirit, I began to notice the Spirit working and flowing through me. This woman came up and she said, I'm so glad to hear you say that because all my life I thought there's something wrong with me because I've prayed for the Spirit to be at work in my life and I've not really felt anything and I've not acted on anything because I just, I, I, I thought there was something wrong with me. And later she, she wrote and told me that she had began to walk in the Spirit and she began to see the Spirit of God working in her life. Number six, the Spirit's given to those who thirst. John 7, 37 through 39, on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood out and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If he believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, there's this. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. The Spirit. Do you thirst? Have you ever had one of those days you were so thirsty you'd do anything for a glass of water? You'd do anything for a drink? Is that how seriously you desire the Spirit in your life? How much you desire to be emptied out of, of the flesh and emptied out of your desires and to surrender your life to Him and say, Lord, here it is. Here's my life. Here's my ambition. Here's my all. Here's, here's my life purpose. Lord, if you can use me, if you'll fill me, I'll walk in the things of the Spirit. Lastly tonight, the Spirit is given to those who receive Him. 
As we pick up this story tonight in Acts chapter 8, they come, Peter and John, they come up from Jerusalem, they come down from Jerusalem, and they ask them if they'd received the Holy Spirit. There's other times in the book of Acts, that they're, this is the first time they're hearing about it. They've seen the power of God, they haven't recognized that it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And they laid hands on them. And verse 17 says, and they received the Holy Spirit. They received. John 20, verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, verse 2 through 62, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You know what they said? We didn't even know there was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. We've never heard of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says they, the Spirit came upon them and they received. John 14, verse 17, it's the Spirit of truth whom, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because they haven't repented. They, have, they don't ask. They don't wait. They don't obey. They don't have faith and they don't thirst. And they certainly don't receive. So the world cannot receive it because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and in you. You see, tonight, there are many people here tonight who know what it is with the Spirit to be with them because you've been at camp this week and you've seen the Spirit at work in people's lives. But I want to tell you this. Your time with Jesus and your time with the Spirit won't last long when you go home unless you're filled with his spirit and he fills you afresh and anew. You see, like, like Simon, many of us, we see the evidence of the spirit-filled life and we know it's missing in our lives and we desperately desire to experience a fresh work of the spirit-filled life in our own personal life, but we don't know what to do next. We see the wow but we don't know how. Well, let me remind you tonight, the Spirit wants to be given tonight to those who repent, to those who ask, to those who wait, to those who obey, to those who faith in faith believe, to those who thirst for him, and to those who receive him. And tonight, I want to invite you to stand with me as I pray. And when I ask you this simple question, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? Is the Spirit of God speaking to you tonight? As I pray and as we sing tonight, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to prolong the service tonight. We're not going to prolong the invitation. But all I want to do is give you a chance if the Spirit of God is speaking to you tonight. Father, would you come in fresh power tonight in holiness and in purity and Lord would you please fill the hunger of someone here tonight who wants to receive your Holy Spirit Lord give them faith to take a step tonight make them obedient maybe someone else is going to wait on someone tonight but Lord help that person who you've spoken to in their heart to step out Lord help them to come in Christ's name amen let's sing together Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. 
in your strength and thy power. Tonight, as we conclude Camp Sacred 2022, I want to pray for you. I'm going to have Ron lead us in the doxology. But even as we're doing that, we want to be mindful of those who are doing business with God at the altar. And understand, simply because we're praying the closing prayer, we're singing the doxology, that does not mean that you cannot respond. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. This is the time to respond. So I'll pray, and then Ron will lead us in the doxology. We'll simply ask you to remain where you are until we finish singing. And then we will conclude our camp for this year. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, although we're ending camp a little bit earlier than we thought we would, that we had planned, Lord, we don't want to rush the Holy Spirit. As he moves in our hearts tonight, as he speaks to us, Lord, we want to be obedient, we want to be responsive, and so this is the time to do that. We always want to be obedient to you, O oh God. As we bring our camp to a conclusion, we thank you for victories that have been won, for lives that have been transformed, for commitments and recommitments that have been made at these altars. Lord, we thank you that you have brought us here. We never want to take it for granted. We know that we will never pass this way again, not the same people at the same place. And so we thank you for those who have gone before us, for that great cloud of witnesses, for those who among our family will join that cloud in the year to come. But until we see each other again, O oh God, we pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will bind us in unity, that he would strengthen us in every way, that the truth of the gospel would be deeply imprinted upon our hearts and minds, and that, Lord, we would be generous in sharing it with all those around us. May the blessing of God Almighty power of the Holy Spirit, the joy of Jesus Christ our Savior be with us this day and every day yet to come. We ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Let's sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here be. Praise Him.